Hi, everybody. Brian Sussman here. It's The Brian Sussman Show. Thanks for joining me. First, a word on politics, then we'll get back into our topic, which has been skyjacked, the weaponization of climate. It's a series, but first we have to talk about the events from yesterday. In our system of justice in the United States, you are innocent until proven guilty. Despite an indictment, you are innocent until proven guilty. You see, I can do this segment without even naming any names. Newton's third scientific law says this, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Simply put, if object A exerts a force on object B, then object B must exert a force of equal magnitude and opposite direction back upon object A. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. A similar effect also occurs in politics. Again, our system of justice states one is innocent until proven guilty. But that aside, party D has just exerted force on party R, and party R is about to counter. And I might add counter bigly. So there's our politics for the day, and we can get back into our series here, and I appreciate you so much for listening. I wanted to first mention that I'm back on Facebook. I, I thought I was in Facebook timeout. The last post I made, if you'll go to my Facebook page, the last post you will see before recent posts in the last couple of days, has been, uh, was made, I should say, on January 7th, 2021, the day after the day that will live in political infamy. I thought I had been, well, I just, I didn't think I had a Facebook page any longer. And then I'm fiddling around on the internet the other day on my personal Facebook page, and I realized, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. My Brian Sussman show page is back. So I'm posting there, and please follow, please like. I'm in the process of writing a new book that I'm really excited about. And uh, the more followers I can get, the more likes I can get on all my social media platforms, the better. So there's Brian Sussman Show on Facebook. And then there is Instagram, Daily Doses of Inspiration. That's Brian Sussman Show as well. And all of these podcasts are at Brian Sussman Show on the various platforms that you may be listening to. I want to talk about the tornadoes that took place a week ago today in Mississippi. Uh, Because a lot of people are out saying, see, global warming, see, climate change. A little bit about these twisters. First of all, uh, they were very common in terms of the tornadoes that you see during the winter months. Which, by the way, are not uncommon in the Deep South. It hit western Mississippi Friday night after it formed over the Mississippi River that it traveled about 60 miles into a town called Rolling Fork. The base of the twister was about three quarters of a mile wide. It lasted for an hour and 10 minutes. Preliminary findings are in. The tornado was four on what's called the enhanced Fujita scale, meaning that it had wind gusts lasting at least three seconds from 166 to 200 miles per hour, a monster storm. It developed from a huge thunderstorm, sometimes referred to as a supercell. They can spawn some fiendish twisters. Now, these tornadoes are not as frequent as their summertime cousins, but they can be very, very destructive. Uh, 
Interestingly, this tornado had two lives because after it hit Rolling Fork, it, it ascended, moved 76 miles, and then dropped down again near Blackhawk, Mississippi. By that time, it was downgraded to an F3, which is still incredibly powerful. But Mississippi has had its share of bigger and deadlier tornadoes, believe it or not. I'm thinking of back in 1971, there were two EF4 tornadoes, same size as this one. They hit on February 21st, 1971. One claimed 58 lives and injured 795 people. The second one took 46 lives and injured 496. And by the way, just for the sake of, again, further truth, back in 1971, they weren't talking about global warming. Some activists were concerned about global cooling. So let us continue to remember the people of Mississippi in our prayers. May the Lord comfort their losses and strengthen their faith and remind them that he is the giver of life and life eternal. Now, let's get into the subject of climate change, the climate change agenda. And this particular series, Skyjacked, Weaponizing the Climate. Remember, when you're dealing with Karl Marx and Frederick Engels and their laws of matter, those laws of matter which they held so dear could be summarized like this. And this is where I left off yesterday, but I'll pick it up. Love, passion, value, feelings. Those, those are the things that make up life. Love, passion, value, feelings. It's the stuff between your ears. This is what John Locke John Locke, one of our our great founding fathers, although John Locke was never in the United States of America. The great philosopher John Locke was never in North America. He was in England. But his philosophy was so important that the founders of the United States of America, and of course the founders are besmirched by the left as being racist and homophobic and sexist. And listen, a lot of those founders had their flaws. I'm not making excuses for their behavior. I'm not. A lot of them had their flaws. And God knows I've got mine and mine are covered by the blood of the lamb. But there are a lot of founders who had their flaws, but there were a lot who were just absolutely upright men who were married to wonderful, integrous, smart, upright women. And collectively, you know, when those, when these, when these founders and framers of the United States constitution came together, it was not all harmony. It was not kumbaya. These guys were at, at philosophical war with each other. There were battles and debates, all very gentlemanly. But there were opposing views. But one thing they did together, they looked at all of the philosophies of government that had come before, and they said, what can we do to make something better than all of those? And it was the American experiment that we have in our, in our Bill of Rights, in our Declaration of Independence, our Constitution at large. It's an experiment. And it's lasted a bit now. 
but it's degrading mightily. And this, this climate agenda seeks to annihilate it. But continuing with what I was saying, according to the laws of matter, the human race is naturally inclined toward destructive purposes. That's what Marx and Engels believed. It's incapable of peace without intervention from those born with this leap of intelligence, the elites. Such superior beings in their own mind have a metaphysical responsibility to rule over we, the inferior. Otherwise, left to our own devices, we will destroy the planet. We will kill one another. Thus, they believed power must rest in the hands of a few, asserting that the working class is kept, kept productive. Give them their carnivals. Give them their circuses. TikTok, social media, and eventually universal basic income. No morality, sex, whatever, with whoever you want, whenever you want. Pick your passion, pick your flavor. Drugs, no worries, we can legalize that. And they have. So they believe that progressive laws, regulations, ethics, ethos must be promoted, must be enforced. Now listen. They only believe in the material world. What did I just say? Love, passion, value, feelings. To them, that's all imaginary. It's between your ears. This is what John Locke had to say. John Locke, the great philosopher, who our founders in the United States of America looked at. They said, you know, I look at all these other philosophers. Locke, Locke really has it dialed the best. His gives humanity the best, the best hope. Locke believed in this. Life. Liberty and the pursuit of happiness. The pursuit of happiness, Locke entitled the pursuit of property. Not just physical property that you may own, land, or back in his day, you know, carriages, a horse, horses. It's the stuff between your ears. It's your thoughts. It's your feelings. It's your passion. It's your values. It's your morality. That is yours. And the elites who are, are actively in many ways, shape and form, ro ruling this world, they believe that you do not have a right to what's between your ears. Your feelings, your values, your passions are subject to theirs. And that's where we are with this climate debate. That's why I say the climate has been weaponized. They're using climate change. They're using global warming to bring forth something called sustainable development. I've said this before in these podcasts. I'll say it again. Ask 10 people what sustainable development means. You're going to get 10 different answers. Sustainable development will bring forth social justice. Social justice will bring forth social equity. It's all the same package. And you, listeners to this podcast, are the peons. The elites of this world. Okay, I'll just stop and, and now I'll get political for a moment. If you look at, everybody has a different opinion on Donald Trump. So opinions are like belly buttons. We all have them. 
But let's just talk about the way the left responds to Donald Trump. Donald Trump uh, had this past weekend a rally in Texas. I went on Twitter and I went on social media, but especially Twitter first, just to see what the reactions were to Donald Trump's um, appearance in Texas. And all the left does is make fun of the lack of intelligence of the Trump follower. That's all they do. Now, listen, maybe you don't like Donald Trump. Fine. You, you have that opinion. That's yours. That's your property. Great. It's yours. But to attack Donald Trump politically, do you have to go after his followers and make fun of them for being peons? Tobacco chewers, dumb, six packs of beer, guns, ammo, rebel flags. Do you have to go there? Do you really have to go there? Can't we have a debate on the politics and, and at least come to the debate table, the debate forum, showing one another some moniker of respect so we can debate accordingly? But no, no, those elites believe Donald Trump's stupid and all of his followers are idiots, period. That's how they look at the world. We're less than they are. So over the ensuing years, Marx never drifted from his materialistic assumptions and his antagonist view of Christianity. Instead, he was able to neatly tuck those ingredients into his theory of organized collectivism, providing it with a holistic framework from which society could be rebirthed. And today, today, such a worldview resonates with those who consider themselves to be progressive. And it resonates even more so with those who have been trained at the elite colleges and universities. And sadly, even for some of my Christian and brothers and sisters, this, this um, philosophy resonates with them. Through advanced education and absorption of open-minded doctrines, this society surmises that they are masters of the universe. And there, again, are some Christian people who have gotten sucked into this. And it's just sad. It's an immoral system, friends. Amoral. Amoral, immoral. There's no room for absolute truth. If my Christian brothers and sisters would just step back and look at what they're, what they're, they're wading into... In this system, there is no room for absolute truth. The Christians who are involved in this are being used as pawns. Only relativism. Lest they be forth to acknowledge a divine being. This is what the elites believe, friends. I'm serious about this. An immoral system in which there is no room for absolute truth, only relativism. Lest they, the elites, be forced to acknowledge a divine being who has his own unbending rule of law because that rule of law conflicts with their dogma. Marxists believe, this is part and parcel, it's essential to the climate debate, friends. Marxists believe they have the power to define all society, all societal morality, all the rules, all the laws subject to their goals. Hence, the inalienable 
rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness or pursuit of property as recognized by America's founders are viewed absurd because an imaginary God cannot declare rights. They look at this Constitution as being absolutely asinine. To say right off the bat that there is a God is ludicrous in their eyes. And that he gave us these rights is even more insane in their eyes. Marxism demands that all so-called rights be issued by the powers of government and taken away by the same government if deemed necessary. Why do we have a government in the United States of America? Now listen, this is going back to the founding principles. It's to protect life. It's to protect liberty. It's to protect the pursuit of happiness. And guess what? Mistakes were made along the way. In fact, with, with one particular mistake, racism, there was a great war that was fought. A lot of people died in that war to set that record straight. We have many sins in this country which need to be repented of collectively. And those followers of Jesus do have moral authority in that they have been given a system of morality and a code of ethics from God himself. We need to stand for that, friends. We need to stand for it with integrity and forthrightness and passion and power. Power from above. Ideally, Marxism first appears as socialism. It allows individuals the limited ability to own property, both physical and between their ears. But, but industrial production or the chief means of generating wealth is commonly owned and managed by a democratically elected government in the world of socialism and then on to com communism. It's called democratic socialism first. Can I tell you something? When it comes to democratic socialism as the liberals want to portray it, no country has been able to accomplish this system. They've never been able to accomplish this system. Communism is a completely, they've never been able to accomplish the system whereby private businesses and corporations are still able to operate and thrive. Because social democracy says, no, we allow for private enterprise. It's never worked. It's never worked. And then once that democratic socialism turns to communism, which is always the, the path, it's a different beast altogether because then the state owns everything. This explains why organizations like the World Economic Forum and its wealthy members desire a great reset. They want to change everything because they think, one, they have the power to do so, and two, they need to do so because they believe, left to our own devices, we will kill one another and destroy the planet. Life, liberty, and happiness. Now, in our very next podcast, I think we're going to unpack life, liberty, and happiness a bit further. And then I want to start to get into the whole weaponization of nature at a very, very different level. 
And I'm going to do so by talking about guano. <laughs> Bird droppings, guano. Well, here's why. Because guano was the first environmental crisis on the planet. This is in the mid-1800s. And it has to do with Britain's citizens living longer and healthier lives in comparison to the in comparison to the rest of the world because of a fertilizer they were using, guano, bird droppings. It was allowing them to farm better than ever. And with more food, people were living healthier lives and they were living longer lives and they were having larger families. And with larger families, they had larger houses and they had more livestock and and Karl Marx looked at all that and said, oh my, we have a crisis. The people are living better, happier, healthy lives, and now there are going to be more of them than ever. So we'll talk about that in the very next podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of The Brian Sussman Show. More on me at briansussman.com. Please spread the word about these podcasts. They're going to be ongoing. Really appreciate you. And for a dose of spiritual uplifting each and every day, just go to my Instagram page at Brian Sussman Show. God bless your day. Look forward to talking to you 